Hey, good morning. Welcome to week three of a series that we are doing called Last Arrow. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. If you got a phone, uh, pull out your phone. Uh, go with us uh, to the book of uh, Genesis. We're going to be looking um, at Genesis chapter 37 uh, today. Um, a lot of you understand that I love, I love movies. I love movies. And it's interesting. People ask me about shows all the time. They're like, you know, have you checked out this show or that show on Netflix or on this station? And um, one of the shows I always get asked um, is, have you watched the show uh, This Is Us? I, how many of you are like, yes, I've watched that show. I've seen, yeah, you're like deep in, uh, deep in it. Listen, I don't like shows like that, okay? I don't like shows that are real, okay? Thank you, Andrew. I see I, yeah, so sad. Listen, I'm not trying to be sad, okay? Like, I'm trying to escape sad. I'm trying to escape reality, okay? And so that's one of the reasons that I love, like, 80s and 90s movies, okay? 80s and 90s movies were inspiring. Can I get an amen on that? They, I mean, they always ended happy, you know what I mean? The movie never ended sad. Like, okay, one of my favorite movies has to be Karate Kid. Can I get an amen on the Karate Kid? Even part two, even part three, I'll rock, okay? I mean, obviously, all the Rocky movies, love me some Top Gun. I love the movies that you just, you know, you left the movie, and you're like, I'm going to be a better person, you know what I mean? I'm going to do a better job, you know? I, I'll, all I know is this. I remember I was probably, gosh, oh man, how old was I? Uh, nine, nine, and uh, my dad rented uh, the first Die Hard movie. How many remember Die Hard? And my mom goes, under no circumstances do these boys watch this movie, and she goes, I'm going out with my friends. I'll see you guys later. She leaves. He goes, you guys want to watch Die Hard? We're like, yes, yes. And we watched it, and I thought I was Bruce Willis for the next two years. I mean, like, every time I would go to the bathroom, I'd, like, kick the door down and be like, come on, you know? I just loved movies that inspire you and movies that helped you to dream. And I really feel like a part of this last arrow, leaving nothing behind on this earth, living for eternity, is this idea that, Dreams are a big part of life. Now, the problem that I've always recognized is that it seems like the older you get, the less dreams you have. Talk to people, hey, what are you believing for? What are you dreaming for? What, what are you, you know, desiring in your life? And they're like, just another 24, man, brother. Just it's another 24. I'm like, man, that's sad, man. That is, not, that is not a dream because tomorrow is going to come and it's going to be another 24, and that's really not a dream. Think about when you were a kid. I used to, when I was a kid, and I, I watch my boys do this right now, I would go out with my friends and we would play uh, the Chicago Bulls. And obviously, I was Michael Jordan. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? And I mean, I, I, mean, I had to, I told Simon, I don't know if he's in here right now. I, listen, I told him I was going to, I was going to get him, and I got him last Sunday. His team was up 12 to 7, came back and won that thing, okay? So, um, but me and my friends, we'd go out and we'd play Chicago Bulls, and all of us had different things, and we would pretend 
that we won the championship. And when the, we got done, we would get the hose out and we would spray water on each other and we'd make fake trophies and, you know, act like we had won the championship. We were dreamers. We loved dreaming about what we could become. And I think sometimes in life, reality hits and hardships happen and life is tough. And we stop dreaming. We stop dreaming with God, and we start stop dreaming about the futures that we could have with him. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. When you leave out bread overnight, how fast and how quick this soft, pliable object becomes hard, and it becomes dry, and it becomes crusty literally overnight. I really desire that when we leave here today, that we become a little bit more soft, a little more pliable, a little more open to go, God, what are the dreams you have for me in my life? So we're going to look at Joseph today. Go with me, uh, Genesis chapter 37. And we're going to start in verse 7. I can't read all of this story. The story is an amazing story. If you've never read the story of Joseph, Go to Genesis 37, read through the whole entire story. It's just an incredible story of God's grace and his faithfulness and his mercy. But verse 7 says this. He has a dream. He says, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and then suddenly the bundles stood up, and the bundles all gathered around and bowed down low before mine. Verse 9, he has another dream. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and even the stars bowed low before me. Listen, God gives us dreams, and really what God does is in the dream, he's giving us a vision for our life. So when God gives Joseph this dream, he's really giving him a vision, a perspective about his future. See, God never looks at who you are today. He's looking at who you will become 10 years from now, 20 years from now. He's looking into your future. That's why I truly believe when I meet people, I don't really care where you're at today. I care where you're going to be five years from now. Because that's how God views you. That's why I love the prophetic. Because when the prophetic comes, it's God's voice. It's God's thoughts. It's what heaven thinks about you and your future, not what man sees on the surface. And so when dreams come, it gives us vision for our life. But let me ask you today, what are your dreams? What are your dreams for your family? What are your dreams for your kids? What are your dreams for a future spouse? What are your dreams for your life? See, the sad thing is a lot of us, we could go, I don't really know. I'm just kind of trying to make it. I'm just trying to kind of get through the next day of work, and I'm trying to get through the next, you know, meltdown with my kids, and I'm just trying to believe for the next day that I am going to meet my spouse, and God does have somebody for me. You know, I'm just trying to make it through another tough day with my marriage. I'm just trying to make it through life. And in the midst of all this, it's like, it's just this frenetic pace of life. And it feels like it just strips away joy and it really strips away dreams. You know, I was talking to my friend Brandon. He was in town uh, Friday night. And we were kind of talking about this topic in the car. 
And I said, Brandon, I said, do you just feel like you just get tired easier now? He's like, yeah. He's like, every year I get older, I just feel like I just get so much tired, like so much, so, so quicker. And I'm like, yeah, that's just the worst. So sometimes it's energy. Sometimes it's just pure energy levels. We're just like, man, the days are long. Anybody got feel that? You're like, man, the days are just long. You get up and it's just like, get to the end of the day and you're just like, oh, Jesus, the bed is looking nice tonight. <laughs> Sometimes it's energy. Sometimes it's just, it's just mental space. I was up here uh, yesterday and um, Jackie Brown walked in and she had her boys and um, they were blessing us. They were cleaning the church and, and one of her boys said to me, he said, Pastor Jeff, you're just like here alone? And I was like, yeah, bud. He goes, ooh, I hate being alone. I, I do not, I do not like being alone. And I was like, yeah, buddy, that'll change someday. You know, I was like, I really like alone, you know. I really like these moments where there is nobody around, you know. Like I was here yesterday, even I was by myself, and like people were driving in the parking, and I'm like, get away, get out of here. Just leave me alone, you know. Sometimes I think it's just the mental space. You're just so busy all the time. There's so much chaos happening all the time. I know, like, like Jess always says, like, if I just hear the word mom again, just mom. I mean, it's just constant, like, mom, 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 mom. And then if she doesn't answer, it's mom, 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 you know. And you're trying to find a mental space to even have a thought, to even have a dream, you know, or maybe it's just a lack of just pure time. I thought this the other day. I thought, when was the last time that I woke up and thought, I have nothing to do today? I literally don't know what I'm going to do with my life today. Now, when I was like 24, there was days like that, okay? But now, like, I wake up, and I'm like, I'm late. You know what I mean? Like, I got to get into the shower. I am running behind, and there's 14 things that have to be done today, and there's 14 conversations. I don't know why I'm stuck on 14, but I'm stuck on 14, you know? But you feel it. You're like, just time is sucking you dry. And the reality is this. I wrote this down. No dreams equal no hope and no vision. No dreams equal no hope and no vision. And when we lose hope, this is what the word says in the book of Proverbs. It says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. But when desires are fulfilled, it is like a tree of life. Listen, when you lose hope in life, it's really hard to figure out why you're getting out of bed each day. It's really hard to figure out what to believe for. It's really hard to really, really care about much. But it really, I believe, starts with dreams. When the enemy comes and he steals and he kills, and I think that's one of the first areas he steals and kills our dreams. Dreams for our family, dreams for our kids, dreams for our future, our jobs, all that God is doing in our life. So you need God dreams. You need God vision. God dreams about your marriage. God dreams about your spouse. I was talking to somebody recently about they were single and, you know, they're like, I'm really believing for my spouse. And I said, 
why don't you do this? Why don't you just start being all that God called you to do and be, and then God will bring the helpmate. Stop, stop thinking that this is going to happen when I meet X person. Just go be who you're called to be, and then God will bring a helpmate to help you do that. See, we get God dreams about our life, and we can start getting God dreams about things like our kids. You know, I talked about this last week. I have this journal, and in my journal, I have all these notes, these things that I'm believing and praying individually for my children. Because I don't look at my children and go, you know, I just hope that you love Jesus someday. I just hope that you have a calling someday. I just hope that you turn out to be a good person someday. I just hope that you become a great person. No, I look at my kids and I look at them as arrows and you don't just hope an arrow to get to a target. You shoot an arrow because you have direction of where you are pointing that arrow. And so I know from God because I'm their Father, and God speaks to me because this is how biblically God works. God speaks to the head, and then it goes down through. God speaks to me about my children. Then I speak into my children about who they're called to be. It's biblical. But I have vision for my kids. I have dreams for my kids, things that I'm praying out about their life. I pray every day about that my kids are surrounded by godly friends. I rebuke ungodly friends off of my kids. I pray over my kids every day, the blood of Jesus. I, it was a rough week. Michael's best friend, brother, 16 years old, crossed the line, got into a head-on collision, died on the scene. Obviously, everything that we saw in Florida. And we think, gosh, we live in a crazy world. What can we do? Man, we can pray over our kids. I can plead the blood of Jesus over my kids. I can command the angels of the Lord to surround my children and protect my children. I can believe, I can pray over my kids that they are filled with the Holy Spirit. They are filled with discernment. They're filled with understanding. Why? Because I have dreams for my kids, dreams that come from the Lord above to my heart. I have dreams about my money. Every year, me and Jess, we sit down and we go, what are we going to do for the kingdom of God this year? See, it's not even a question about are we going to give 10%. No, it's not even a question about the 10%. The 10% is God's. We're just returning to God what is his. So now the question is, God, what is our offering this year? And it's always more than the year before. Why? Because God is so good and he's so faithful and he's so kind and he's so rich and full of mercy. He will always make sure that my house is full when I put his house first. So we have dreams. We have giving dreams about, God, what couldn't we do someday? And we just, we were, gosh, we were so close this last year. It's been a dream in my heart, and I'm believing that this year is going to be the year. A dream, we've dreamed that we would give $20,000 in a year. It was a day that we were dreaming to give $5,000. Gosh, I want to give $50,000 someday. I want to give $100,000 someday. I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe I'll write a book and make a lot of money. I don't know, but someday. It's dreams in our heart. 
to see the kingdom of God go forward. Dreams that God gives us about our future. Because when we get dreams from God, we connect with what he sees in the future. And what does that mean? We can let go of our past. We can let go of pain in our past, shame in our past, guilt in our past, mistakes in our past. We can let go of our past when we get a dream from God about our future. Because when you get a dream about your future, you lock on to God and you go, all right, God, I don't know how we're going to get there, but we're gonna, I'm going to trust you. And we're going to go. And we're going to accomplish these dreams. Genesis chapter 37 Verse 18, so God gives Joseph these dreams and speaks over his life and about his future, and he shares these stories with his brothers, which was probably a little bit of a mistake, because sometimes when God gives you a dream, uh, the first thing you need to do is shut your mouth. And we'll talk about that right here. Verse 18, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Verse 19, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. Isn't that the voice of the enemy right there? Verse 20, come on, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these cisterns. We can, we can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we will see what becomes of this dreamer. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, haters are going to hate, okay? Just say, listen, haters are going to hate. I mean, that, I mean, that should be, I mean, that should just be like a plaque in your house. You know what I mean? Hate is going to hate, okay? Why? Because we're talking about small-minded people that have no dreams and hate you because you have dreams, why? Because they're not connecting to the God of the universe that loves them and cares about them, knows them, and has dreams for them. You're in this room today because God has dreams for you. He has dreams for you and your wife and your family and your kids and your future. He has hope. But small-minded people hate people who have dreams. Listen, not everyone is going to like you and your dreams. So what? So what? Who cares what everybody else thinks? I am not going to spend my life, and I tell this to Jess all the time because she's a people pleaser and she wants to make sure everybody is happy, and I'm like, I don't care. Why? I'm not going to spend my life running around making sure everyone likes me because it's never going to happen. Never. Never. I'm going to make sure that Jesus is happy with me, and then I'm going to make sure that my elders that I've put in charge and trust in my life, that they're happy with us, and if the Jesus is happy and my elder team's happy, we're happy. We're happy. You know what I'm going to do? Instead of taking time running around making sure everybody likes me, I'm going to take that same energy, and I'm going to run hard after the dreams that God has for me. I'm going to do a run for us run, Okay. Can I get an amen on that? Some of you are like, whoa, did you just quote a movie? Yes. I'm going to run after what God has set before me. Listen, uh, let me sh I'm going to show you this video real quick, okay? Uh, go ahead and play that video real fast. <laughs> that is Brian Houston. Oh, we're going to serve the Lord. 
Yeah, I Look at that mullet. Look at that tie. I mean, you could, you could send a plane off of that tie. It's that wide, okay? I promise you. Look at this man, okay? Look, you know what I love? <laughs> you know what I love about that clip? I'm like, listen, if God believed in a mullet guy back in the 1980s, okay? And he had a pretty big dream for Brian Houston, didn't he? Okay, but you know what I love about that video? That was shot in, I think, 1990 or 1989. They weren't the massive church they are today. They weren't even close. They were, listen, they were making music and writing songs long before anybody in the world was ever listening to them. Long before any churches were ever singing those songs, long before anybody ever knew who Darlene Check was or Brian Houston was, they had a dream. Let me show you this picture. This is, um, this is a picture. It's kind of blurry. I know it is. But this is a picture of the first service of Life Church. Anybody ever heard of Craig Rochelle before LifeChurch.tv? Great, great, great church. This is their first service, okay? So they had their first service in a two-car garage, okay? Two-car garage. Drew, uh, what do you think Life Church runs now? Like uh, 80,000? Yeah, anybody has got a Bible app, it, it's because of Life Church, okay? But this is, this is their first service in a two-car garage, okay? Go to the next picture. Um, I think it was like six months later, they went to a school, um, and then like four weeks after they got to the school, the school kicked them out, so they left the school, and then they went to the next picture, um, and then they went to, this was a, um, gosh, what was this? This was an industrial um, park. It was like a warehouse that they went to, and then from there, they went to, I think, seven different locations before they actually found their last home. But you know what I love about these guys? Brian Houston, Craig Rochelle, they had dreams. They had God dreams. They had God vision. And I'm pretty certain at one point or one time, they may have shared a story or a part of the vision or a part of what God's dream was. And I'm pretty sure somebody said, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Brian Houston, mega church, yeah, right. Brian Houston, 40 campuses around the world. Yeah, right. Craig Groeschel. Yeah, right. Come on. Are you serious, Craig? Craig Groeschel. See, nowadays, they're the headliners for conferences. They're the ones that everybody wants to get to and talk to and connect with. But there was a day and a time that nobody cared about Craig Rochelle or Brian Houston or the dreams that God put in their hearts. And there are times in your life that God is going to give you a dream. And you might share that dream with a family member. You might share that dream with your wife. You might share that dream with somebody at work. You might share that dream and they might look at you and go, yeah, right. But God gave Joseph a dream. And it was God's dream, and it was his vision for his future that God had in store for him. Go with me. We're going to skip ahead to Genesis chapter 39, okay? Genesis chapter 39. So his brothers take him and tie him up and throw him in a pit, and they decide we're going to kill him. And one of his brothers, Reuben, decides, no, let's not kill him. I have a heart for him. So they decide, okay, fine, uh, we'll take him out of the pit, and, and we're going to sell him uh, to these traders. So verse, or chapter 39, verse 1, it says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by Ishmael traders, he was purchased there by Potiphar, okay? 
an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. You just write that down. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord's with you. I don't know where you're at in life, but the Lord's with you. He knows exactly where you're at in this very moment on the journey that he has you on, and God is with you. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the house of the Egyptian master. Verse 3, Potiphar noticed this and recognized this, that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal assistant, put him in charge of an entire household and everything he owned. From that day, Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and properties. The Lord began to bless Potiphar's household. Did you read that? The Lord blessed an ungodly man because of who? Joseph. Because of Joseph. Sometimes God's going to put you in circumstances that feel like, I don't know why I'm here, but God goes, no, I have you here for a reason. I'm going to show my glory through your life. I'm going to use you as a living testimony. For Joseph's sake, all of his household affairs ran smoothly. His crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he own. Let me ask this question to you. What are you going to do when life doesn't look like the dream that God's given you? Because it's going to happen sometimes. It's just going to happen sometimes. Let me show you another picture real quick. Uh, throw that picture up there. All right. So how many know what that place is? It's a teen center. Okay. Listen. I'm pretty sure that brown couch had diseases in it, okay? Let's, can we just be real, okay? I mean, uh, I mean, in my opinion, that brown couch should have been burned a long, long, long time ago, okay? So when we first walked into the teen center, this is what we saw. These were, this was the first picture that I ever took of the teen center, in the moment that I walked into that space, God said, this is home. This is home. This is where I want to start Elevate Church. This is the place that I've picked and ordained to bless and start this work. <laughs> Can we get an amen that we are not in the teen center anymore? Some of you don't even know what that's like, but I remember those Sundays. I mean, you, I would be preaching and the elementary kids' wall would be flexing because the kids are, like, trying to play in there. And my son Luke is in the back, and he hear my voice, and he's screaming, Daddy, you know? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that's, you know, we start there and, and then go to the next picture. This, this is actually the room we're in right now. That's the boat that was in this room when I first walked into this building. I was like, cool, a boat. I get a boat with the building. That's awesome. Praise the Lord, you know. I remember we walked in here. I remember Bill and Adam walked in here with us, and there's a giant boat, and, you know, there's holes in the wall. The walls kind of look like a mixture of yellow and brown mixed together. I don't even know how you do that. And, and we knew. We knew this is what God wanted, but I can assure you of this. It didn't look like what 
I had dreamt in my mind. But it was exactly what God wanted. Can you imagine Joseph in this moment? He has these incredible dreams that God has put in his heart about who he's going to be someday. And all of a sudden, he's being sold and traded. See, there comes a moment for all of us where life and the dream doesn't match up, but God's looking at you and he's going, how are you going to react? You going to trust me? You trust that I know it all, the beginning and the end? I even know this moment right now where you've been sold, your dream has been sold. You feel like your dreams have died. See, I love Joseph's response. Joseph's response was, I'm going to honor the Lord in anything he's asked me to do. Anything he's asked me to do. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to honor the Lord, and I'm going to put him first. Joseph's trust was in the process. He trusted the process that God had him on. I think there's times where we're really frustrated in life, but God is actually using that frustrating situation at work or that frustrating moment at home or that frustrating moment with your kids to develop you. You know, it's interesting. We're all like, you know, God, I want to become a faithful servant. And then when God brings an opportunity to be faithful, we go, I don't want that. (laughs) Right? Or God, I want patience. And then God brings a moment of patience, and you're like, oh, man, I hate some patience right now. Right? See, God is using a process to develop Joseph. Verse 7 goes on to say this. Joseph was a very handsome, well-built young man like myself. Okay? Verse (laughs) 7 Potiphar's wife soon, uh, Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Verse eight. But Joseph refused. He looked at her and said, "My master has trusted me with everything in this entire household. No one has more authority than I do. He has not held back anything except for you, because you are his wife." Do you hear? Oh my gosh! Do you hear this young man? The integrity in his comments back to her when nobody else is looking? How could I do such a wicked thing? It would bring great sin against my God. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. He kept out of her way as much as he possibly could. One day, however, dun, dun, dun. The Bible is like a soap opera. You know what I mean? Bible gets dirty sometimes. Can we just be honest sometimes, you know? Sometimes you're like, ooh, I don't know if you should be seeing that, Ben, you know? So, said, one day, however, no one else was around. And he went in to do his work, his work, verse 12. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away. He left his cloak in her hands as he ran from the house. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I want you to write this down. Nothing will destroy God's dreams for your life faster than temptation. Nothing 
will destroy God's dreams for your life faster than temptation. And let's just be completely 100% real in here. I don't care how old you are or how long you have lived life. Temptation is real. The enemy knows what tempts you, and he has always, always, always done it for your soul. Never ends. Never ends. The other night, me and Brandon, we had better together at my house, which was awesome. It was great. I think we had over 20 couples in my house, and it was just a great time. And afterwards, me and Brandon uh, went and grabbed some food, and we went over uh, to Top Golf, and, and then I had to drive Brandon to Indiana. That's where his hotel was and the people that he was meeting. And so we drive all the way into Indiana, and we are sitting outside of the hotel, and me and Brandon are in the car, and we're just kind of talking. I just haven't seen him in a year, and uh, it's just a really good time. And, and all of a sudden, this lady, like, tries to get into my car. And my car's locked. And she goes, aren't you my Uber? And we're like, no, 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 not, not an Uber. You know, sorry, you know. And so she walks away. Me and Brandon were just sitting there talking. A couple minutes later, she comes back with one of her friends. Knocks on the window. Brandon rolls the window down. She goes, what are you guys doing? We go, uh, we're talking. We haven't seen each other in a while. Like, I don't know. Oh, we're making out. <laughs> she goes, she goes, you two are cute. I go, oh, really? Thanks. She goes, how old are you guys? I go, a lot older than you think. She goes, no, you guys are like 28. I'm like, try 38. She goes, that's all right. She said, hey, me and my friend, we're having a little after party up in our room, 721. Why don't you guys come on up? We said, no, we're good. We're good. She goes, no, 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 no. It's late. Come on. Just come on up. We said, no. We're good. We denied this couple ladies for like probably five minutes, and finally they just had enough and went on. So what's, what's keeping me out of her room? Let's just be real for a second. Would any of you have known? Would my wife have known? No, right? What keeps me out is this. It's God's dreams. And I find value in God's dreams. See, when you don't have God's dreams, temptation is so easy. Because you're like, I don't know what I'm really living for. I don't know why I'm getting up each day. I don't know what the purpose is for my life. Listen, I wrote this down. If you have no purpose, I have no value. So if I have no purpose of why I'm alive, then why would I have value for my life? This is why I speak purpose into my boys all the time so that when chicken head girls come running at my boys sometime, and it will happen, and I watch them now, they're watching Michael, he's a good looking boy, but you know what? Michael has complete value in who he is called to be. 
Why? Because his mom and dad speak it into his life all the time. When you have value, temptation looks like an imitation, right? See, sin, temptation, doesn't mean anything when I have purpose. When I have God's dreams, God's purposes, listen, I have purpose as a husband. I have purpose as my wife's man, right? I'm your man? I have purpose in being a husband. I love being Jess's husband. Are there days that we fight or don't like each other? Sure. But I have a purpose of being her husband, being her support, being her strength. I have purpose in that. God's given me dreams that God has given me about my future with her. See, like, I... I look forward to the day someday when my boys grow up. I look forward to the time that I get to spend with her alone. That's one of the hardest things that me and Jess struggle with. There's just times where like life is so busy and all we want to do is just spend some time alone. I have purpose in my marriage. I have purpose in being a father. I find value in being a father. I find value and purpose in being a leader and a pastor. I find value and purpose in being a friend. I have God's dreams for my life. And so when God's dreams are in my heart and they're right before me, I find my value, I find my purpose, and I will never trade what is real for what is fake. Because that moment the other night was a fake moment from the pit of hell. And I'm not gonna trade away my destiny and I'm not gonna trade away my future, and I'm not gonna trade away the plans that God has for me for a fake moment the enemy's bringing. This is what Joseph was doing. Joseph was standing up saying, no, I know the dreams God's put in my heart. I know what God has for my future, and I'm not gonna trade it away for this moment with you. No matter how much pressure comes, I will stand. I'll stand my ground because I know what God's put in my heart. Why don't you stand this morning? I just want you to close your eyes.
Come on, just start praising Him. Hallelujah. We glorify You. Glorify You. Hallelujah. 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 Just keep your eyes closed. I just really feel there's some of us in here and temptation has been really real lately. so tempting. It feels feels like the grass could be greener on the other side, but I really believe that God today is speaking directly into your soul, telling you the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener in my dreams that I have for you, my dreams I have for your marriage, my dreams that I have for your job, my dreams that I have for you. We're going to pray strength into your soul. Ephesians says it's a love of God that satisfies and completes us and makes us whole inside. Father, I just release your love. Your love, your love, your love that satisfies, completes and makes us whole, Father. That strength, 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 strength to be a man of God, strength to be a woman of God, strength to have integrity in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for a church that rises up that has integrity, that puts you and your kingdom first. Thank you, God, for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you would say, I need God dreams? Raise your hand real high. You're like, I need God dreams. I need God dreams from him. Listen, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to understand this. Look, John chapter 14 says that Jesus sends who? The Holy Spirit to us. Jesus goes to the Father. God sends the Holy Spirit to us. Where does the Holy Spirit hear his information? From the throne room of God. So the Holy Spirit hears it directly from God the Father and then speaks it to your heart. Gives you unction, gives you vision gives you a fresh perspective about your future and where you're going. Listen, we need to tap in to the Holy Spirit, allowing him to birth new dreams, new visions into our hearts so that we can move forward. And listen, I'm going to tell you how simple this is. I'm going to tell you how simple this is. I was driving by the prison in Lebanon the other day on Route 63, right? 63. I drove by the prison. And I just had this, this feeling inside of me that, that God cares about them. That God cares about these men in these prisons. So I said, God, what do you, I just said, in the car, drive me. I said, God, what do you want to do? He said, I want you to start a Bible study. So I emailed the prison. I said, I just, I want to start a Bible study. God dreams. God dreams. There's people that you are called to impact, influence for the kingdom of God. The 
the Holy Spirit comes and he speaks. I was talking to Amanda Coots about this Friday night at her house. She really felt in her heart that she was supposed to minister to the young girls of our church. And so God gave her a dream about having the young girls of our church come to their house. And she just loves them and shows them the word of God and tells them that she believes in them. And she's doing exactly what God's called her to do. God dreams. God vision. Come on, close your eyes, throw your hands up, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. Release the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would start speaking to our hearts. Dreams about our marriages, dreams about our kids, dreams about our jobs, dreams about the friends that we have, dreams, dreams, your dreams, your vision. Fresh, 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 fresh dreams in Jesus' name. dreams. My dreams are big dreams. And they will not be accomplished outside of my grace and my strength, Lord says. So don't prostitute my dreams for something less. Don't prostitute my dreams for something that, that is easier. You trust me. You trust me. The Lord says you trust me. And I will show myself faithful just as I showed myself faithful to Joseph. I will show my strong arm, my grace, my strength to you. Father, I thank you for fresh, fresh vision, fresh dreams. Praise you. Praise you. We worship.